What's up, everybody? My name's Hunter Himmel, and here's your two cents on... Preston Watson. Where are we, Preston? We're in uh, General Fabrication. It's uh, my brother's fabrication shop, and this is also sort of headquarters of Gen Fab Motorsports. Okay. This is where you work on your car? Yeah. Basically, this is the headquarters for everything that I do with my car, store it, work on it. And Gen Fab is you? Um, basically, GenFab is sort of a derived from General Fabrication, which is the, you know, the main business in this building. Mm-hmm. And then GenFab Motorsports is something me and my brother kind of put together and to put a name on our racing program. Gotcha. Our, my racing program, our racing program. Your first sort of the same was, thing. Yeah, was it your first sponsor? Yeah. Okay. My cool. brother, actually the longest lasting sponsor, I guess you could say. Nice. Because he's the only one I got now. For sure. Um, what kind of car is this? So this is actually a 1997 Nissan 240SX. Nice. And what do you do in this thing? I'm what you could call a, a drifter. Mm-hmm. I do, uh, it's like sort of controlled skidding. You skid sideways and yeah. put the car where you want and put on a show for the fans. Like Tokyo Drift. Sort of. Did you get any inspiration from Tokyo Drift? Uh, I was kind of getting into it before that, but uh, I guess you could say it kind of all played a part. Mm-hmm. Sort of the whole Fast and the Furious series honestly probably did play a part in it. Yeah. Can't really deny it. Cool. So how long have you been interested, and how long have you been actually racing? Um, so I've kind of been interested in cars since I was a little kid, you know, mm-hmm. Just always had toy cars and played racing video games. And then uh, when my brothers got old enough, they got cars that they started working on, and I kind of just hung around and annoyed them while they were working on them and mm-hmm. kind of all just snowballed into sort of what this is. And then uh, got into, like, they were into the more Euro German car scene. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> just watching movies and like I said video games kind of got me into the Japanese car scene and then watching all the movies that sort of got me more and more interested and then I started looking for like different racing series and then one day I saw an advertisement for a drift event it was a Japanese drift series called D1 Grand Prix that was Mm -hmm. coming over here to host uh, the first sort of like competitive drifting event in Vegas Mm -hmm. first large one anyways and then that was in 2006 I went there and then it kind of just set me on a path I was like this shit's fucking cool yeah I want to do this is the drift scene cool out here is it pretty big community yeah it's more you can almost call it a family really it's not like just a typical car community Mm -hmm. everybody's real supportive of each other for the most part and kind of helped each other out. It's a pretty good community, though. Gotcha. Did it's uh, not too small, not too large, but it's a pretty good, pretty good size. Nice. Did you know anybody that was already in the community, or did no. you kind of just dive in? I kind of dove in. I did a lot of research on the Internet, like going through different forums and message boards and websites like that kind of just did research and I was this wasn't my first car of choice I was kind of going through different cars 
then I found what they call the Nissan Silvia, the S15, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was dead set on that thing, but they didn't offer them here, so I had my first disappointment there, and then I started looking at the other chassis, or the other years of the same car, and then it kind of brought me into this model year, and then started doing more research on that, and then started looking on Craigslist, looked on Craigslist for like six or eight months and then finally found this car oh, wow. found this car in August of 09 bought that and then st- like started tinkering on it started learning how to work on cars on it mm-hmm. and then one part after another kind of added you know performance thing here I put an exhaust on it put an intake intake on it then messed with the brakes put new brakes on it bigger brakes and then eventually one thing led to another and I got this race car here (laughs) right which is nowhere near the same as it was when I first bought it but for sure is uh is this your daily do you take this to the point a to point b every day no it hasn't been my daily for two years I think something like that got you kind of I think I stopped driving it in 20, the end of 2015, I think. Yeah. And then it kind of sat for a little bit and then started working on it, put the roll cage in it, and then it stopped being my daily after that. It's not really the best idea to daily a cage car. Yeah. In case your head bounces off of it. Okay. Like that. Yeah, I was wondering why people have, like, daily cars and they have, like, they're really nice cars that they only take out or yeah. race with it. Um, is it just to keep it in pristine shape? Yeah, I mean, condition? For the, to some extent, all these cars are our babies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like our f- firstborn child or something <laughs> like that. So, like, I just, it got more and more expensive to drive it because, like I was saying, I started putting more parts on it, so I ended up swapping the motor and then adding more parts to that, bigger turbo, started making more horsepower, started running it on a more expensive fuel, like started running it on 100 octane. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was, like, $7 a gallon. So it was, like, went from, like, 30 bucks a week in gas to, like, 70 bucks a week in gas. Because mm. I was only getting, like, probably 13 or 12 miles per gallon. So then I was like, all right, <laughs> I need to find something to daily drive. All right. And then, so that's pretty much when I parked it. It's too expensive to drive. And so... Then, what is your daily driver? I have a 2013 F-150 Ford, obviously. 4 four by 4 four-door, all that. And is that even better on gas than this car? Uh, Yeah, it is now. When I first got it, it was getting like 16 or 17 around town. Mm-hmm. But now, it, like the bigger tires and everything, can't leave anything alone. Mm-hmm. So bigger tires and suspension like that, it's getting like 15. Okay. So not bad outrageous but it's a lot better than the car is for sure gotcha aside from racing do you have a nine to five job or yeah i'm i'm a what you could call an estimator i kind of put prices on jobs for a structural steel company and that's kind of what pays for all this so as far as that goes i just you know they give us drawings and then I price out what it costs to make the job, just as far as like steel goes and, and all the parts that it takes to make the structure. Do you know how to make the structure, or is it all measured out when they bring you the stuff? Um, so that's 
that's kind of depending on the company and the job itself. Sometimes it's already fully figured out and you have complete drawings that you could actually build off of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just a pencil sketch on a piece of paper. You kind of have to have previous experience of how stuff goes together and guess what needs to happen to make it work and then price it out for them. Cool. So you like building stuff in general? Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, that's how I... I mean, I started from the bottom and then, you know, worked my way up from like a painter to actually fabricating stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I went from fabricating stuff into the office job that I have now. So got you. Good you stuff, could man. Say that. Oh yeah. So getting back to the car, because everyone needs some side income, or some people need to f- have funds for their passion projects. I want to know how do you practice in this thing if you're not on the on the daily, just driving around. Um. So every once a month, there's a organization out here locally called Vegas Drift. Once a month, they host events and then, you know, trying to get the car together to make it out to those things. You can get, you know, as much practice time as you really want to at those events. They last all day. Usually it's on the weekend. You go out there and practice your heart out until you run out of fuel or run out of tires or run out of money or break it. Mm-hmm. And that's not too much of a strange thing to happen. I've crashed this thing a few times. Oh, so what's the like craziest experience you've had driving this um if i had to point or pinpoint one time it was last august in phoenix and i was down there for a competition and uh i was down there qualifying and it was the first qualifying run of my day which Mm. i think i was the third car to go or something like that one of one of the first runs and uh you know, take off from the line, get through all my gears, fourth gear, initiate, go through the first corner, go through the second corner, and then one of the the fuel rails, basically a fuel line popped off, started spraying fuel all over the engine bay. And some of it sprayed inside the cab too, one of the, there's a little tiny screw hole that it worked through. And then, you know, it got on the hot exhaust and it just, not necessarily blew up, but it pretty much blew up and shot flames everywhere. <laughs> oh, shit. And the fire came inside the car. Like, the fire came all the way up to, like, the middle of my legs. Yeah. So I'm sitting there driving, so it's all the way up to here. It comes up in front of my steering wheel. And meanwhile, I'm going probably 60 miles an hour sideways. And then uh, as soon I, as that happened... I, yeah. That's it crazy. Pretty nuts, like... Your, your adrenaline's going just because you're, you're racing, basically. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. It puts you on another level. Right. So I, like, stopped the car as fast as I could. And I'm, like, there's pictures of me where I'm, like, have the door open and I'm getting out of the car before the car's even stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, I had it in a controlled slide and I got it to come to a stop. Like, I was pretty confident, okay, I'm going to stop right here. So I flung the door open. I'm taking off my seat belts and taking off my helmet, and I'm jumping out of the car. So that, And then I turned right around, and I grabbed the fire extinguisher and put out the fire. So that was probably the craziest. That's ex- pretty badass. You did it yourself, though. <laughs> yeah. Shit. You didn't I mean, have to stop, drop, and roll or anything? No. It, 
it got warm, but mm-hmm. like I have on a when we compete and stuff like that, I have on a full fire suit, mm-hmm. full with fire shoes, fire gloves. And, you know, we got the helmet on, but I also have like a a head sock. They call it that's fireproof also. So I'm basically full fireproof from head to toe. Fireproof enough for me to get out of the car. Yeah. And you know, obviously it worked because I just got a little warm. My toes got hot, <laughs> and then jumped out of the car and the fire crew got there pretty much right as i was stopping but they helped me get the fire out too so gotta gotta be thankful for those guys oh yeah fire crews are something you need around yes sir (laughs) um are you competing have you how many events have you competed in um so 2015 was pretty much the first year i started competing like getting competitive with it mm-hmm. that was the year we did the cage and everything we got everything ready to go and I started getting up to speed that year and then 2016 I competed that whole year and that was I think four full events mm-hmm. and then 2017 I did uh, pretty much that whole year also and then I wrecked out a couple times, so one, I I did all four events 2017 also, and then this year, due to like, you know, the car not being up to pace yet, mm-hmm. and then uh, just one thing after another, we kind of took a break this year. Gotcha. But probably seven to eight a comp, seven to eight competitive events, I'd say. Nice. But I've probably drifted or I've driven close to 60 events in the last four years fuck yeah I'm sure it's a lot of fun what's the vibe like at these drift events um it's like a party man like you're so most of these events you're there with your friends you're just hanging out in the parking lot basically Mm -hmm. you know some guys bring barbecues some people you know like have their coolers and stuff full of water and you're out there having fun (laughs) you're hanging out with your friends and then you go out there, and once you get to, like, a certain level, you can start driving with your friends. Yeah. So you're, you know, door-to-door with your buddies out oh, there. Oh, chasing them down the, yeah. the track, huh? Yeah, so you're out there driving together, trying to get close to each other and mark each other's door and whatnot with your tires. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like a party. It's fun. And then, of course, if you're driving, that's, you know, an adrenaline rush. And if you're watching, it's just exciting to watch the cars do what they do because you're not just driving straight you're not just going around corners you're throwing the car at walls mm-hmm. you're going sideways through the corners and then going back and forth sometimes people throw cars in backwards and you're just you know billowing smoke from the tires it's it's a lot of fun it's a different experience it's different than any type of racing i've ever seen right it's like like you know watching a a drag car go down or a drag racing car go down the drag strip is cool and you're like oh man that was fast mm-hmm. and, you, <laughs> and <know>. loud <laughs> yeah super loud and then you watch a like a circle track car go around and you're like oh man this is all right mm-hmm. you know depending on how long it lasts after a while it gets boring but at a drift event like you're almost getting an adrenaline rush just from watching them like sometimes you can stand close to the wall so like they're driving towards you and they kind of throw the car towards you at the wall and it's exciting it's 
different. It's I'm not doing a, the greatest job of explaining it, but you, no. you guys got to you got to go out there and experience it. Yeah, it's something sure. that everybody should check out at least once. It's like sure. it's a different type of feeling. I like it. Fuck yeah. So what keeps you coming back to those events and keep you coming back to work on your car to get to your next race? Um, I just, I honestly just love the sport. You know, love the community, love the sport, love everything about it. And uh, trying to get this thing, it's like a, it's like an escape from your everyday life. You know, when you're behind the wheel, kind of lets you let your hair down to a certain extent and just forget about everything and you're just driving at that point you know when you're behind the wheel it's kind of not to be cliche or anything but it's kind of like a different type of puts you in a different mindset sort of like a euphoric state mm-hmm. you're just driving having fun got that adrenaline rush you don't really care about anything yeah if you wreck your car, then you really still don't care that much <laughs> until you got to fix it. Right. Until you so, got the bill, yeah. But, and then, I don't know, it's fun tinkering on the car, fun fixing it. Not, depends how bad you got to fix it, but, mm-hmm. like, right now, replacing motors and stuff isn't fun, but adding new parts or, you know, refiguring out a different way to do something on the car to make it work better is always fun. Oh, yeah. So it's always fun trying to improve the car to make it drive better. So, you know, trying to make the car better and run flawlessly is kind of what keeps you coming back. It's like a bug. The bug bites you and you can't stay away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a drug. (laughs) Something like that. To be (laughs) cliche. Yeah. It is, honestly. For sure. It's addicting. So how far do you see yourself taking this race Um, stuff in? the passion that you have for it i <clears throat> ideally it'd be nice to make it to the pro series or something like that mm. it takes a lot of money and a lot of marketing knowledge and things like that that i'm not really up to speed on yet mm-hmm. and the money aspect is always something you're trying to figure out so ideally i'd like to go as far as i can with it but for now i'm just kind of refiguring stuff getting the car working right figuring out how to take care of that marketing side of things and kind of treating it as a hobby that uh i'm more passionate about than most hobbies Mm -hmm. so it's like a it's like my i don't know i guess my second career yeah but kind of hard to call it a career if you're just spending money on it (laughs) right i got you I guess it's just an uh, an advanced hobby, advanced Mm. hobby, something like that. Sick. Hell yeah. Well, do you have any message? Do you have a message to the world? Do you have anything for people that don't really have a hobby or are just feeling like, you know, this is my life. This is my nine to five. This is all I do. I go home and, and chill. Just find something that you have fun doing that's constructive. Mm-hmm. I mean, sitting at home and playing video games is fun, but you got to have something constructive on the side of that. And if you're not learning every day, you're kind of going backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just find something constructive that you like doing. You don't necessarily have to spend all your money on it. 
and then learn about it, learn something new. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, thank you, Preston, for doing this with me, no man. Um, do you want to plug your social media so people can see this race car in action and see the crazy flame uh, pictures? <laughs> yeah. The only, uh, the only social media I have right now is Instagram, and that's uh, P. Watson, spelled out how it is, underscore S14. Okay. Other than that, that's all I really have to plug. Cool. So, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time.